Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 48 if you guys are tuning into this one, I strongly encourage you to go back and also listen to podcast 47. That's uh, the podcast we just did with Kevin Stitt, and it was a phenomenal podcast. And what I'm loving about uh, this kind of stretch of podcast that we're having right now is we're getting some very insightful guests that are uh, either experts in the areas uh, of th- their area of expertise is very s- specific or um, their level of, they've reached a certain level of success uh, that there's just so much that we can learn from. And uh, today is no different. We have uh, our, our guest today is Adonis Lindsay. He is an author, speaker, and pastor who enjoys speaking to people from all walks and stages of life, inspiring them to live the life they have imagined by going after their dreams. He has developed a unique style of communication in creative, illustrative, and humorous ways to his audience with Ingenuity, he crosses all ethnic, denominational, and cultural barriers. While speaking at conferences, business organizations, churches, or to your staff, his message will no doubt inspire, motivate, and equip for next-level living. So, Adonis, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Go ahead, and if you don't mind, uh, I don't know that I fully covered uh, everything about you. So, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. Hey, Evan. Definitely, man. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's great to be here with you today. And uh, man, you you introduced me well. So uh, <laughs> the check will be in the mail, okay? <laughs> I will be um, looking. That's awesome. I didn't know that I was getting paid for this, but I will take it. <laughs> there, there, there. Uh, you know, I think you kind of covered it. You know, I've been in, um, uh, I've been in full-time ministry for almost 20 years. And just really uh, over the years, just, you know, an ongoing passion to help people reach their next level of life. In doing that, my last 10 years of, of uh, living here in Nashville, I met my wife, uh, got married, have a wonderful family. And out of that, just, you know, my passion to help people go to the next level. Uh, I just started, you know, doing some writing. Uh, me and my wife did some writing as well. Uh, we co-wrote a book together, a relationship book. And so that kind of set me on the path of, you know, the new passion of just writing and inspiring. And uh, out of that, I released my latest book uh, about a year and a half ago called Next, What to Do, You Know There's Something More. And so that's just, you know, one of those little niches that uh, that I'm very passionate about doing. I've come across a lot of people that, uh, you know, feel like there's something more out there for them, that God has something more for them. And, you know, they just need somebody to sit down with them and give them those practical steps that they need to take in order to make that dream come uh, into fruition. And so, you know, cause we can sit all day long and wait for God to do it. And you and I both know that's not going to happen. Okay. We've right. got to get involved with God. 
and and work the plan. And so that's just my passion, man. I, I want to help as many people as I can. I love to encourage people, inspire people, and uh, give them that practical blueprint of uh, you know getting off the couch, getting out the front door, and to start doing those simple things that are going to gain them some traction to get closer to their dreams. Well. I love that you have a couple of books and I definitely want to dive into some of the topics of the books um, because I think they're all very relevant uh, for the audience that listens and tunes into the podcast. So we'll definitely get in, into those things. But uh, one of the things that kind of stood out to me in the little intro that that uh, that we put together to kind of introduce you to the audience is um, it, it says that you like to inspire people to live the life they have imagined by going after their dreams. And the word imagine just really jumped off the page at me. And I wanted you to kind of develop um, the idea of your imagination and, and what exactly you mean by that. Because uh, I think a lot of times we kind of breeze past uh, our imagination. We, we know as children that we, we, we have a very powerful tool. But I don't believe that as adults or even as young business leaders uh, in the world that we are right now in, in getting started in a successful career or a successful, even in our family, I don't think we use our imagination en enough or we almost forget about it. We put it on the shelf and say, hey, that's something that I had when I was a kid, but it's not necessarily something that I need anymore. So talk to me a little bit about and share your, your heart with the audience about the power of your imagination and, and what it really means to you in, in taking those next steps uh, in your life and, and getting unstuck, uh, which I th is something that you hit on a lot. You know, I think you nailed it right there. And I have a lot of examples when it comes to your imagination, especially from your childhood and somewhere through uh, our childhood and becoming an adult, uh, people begin to talk us out of our imagination. So, Evan, you remember as a little child, uh, when it looked like you were doing something, you were going to get hurt. Somebody said, no, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, you know, the truth of it is with your imagination, you never imagine yourself failing. You never imagine yourself not succeeding. Here's a prime example. My little boy, you know, before he went into kindergarten, started teaching him how to ride a bicycle. He wasn't quite there yet. Uh, but then the, the neighborhood, the community that we live in, they had this huge uh, ride your bike uh, up to the park, like getting kids ready to go back to school. And so mm -hmm. I remember uh, taking him down to the park with his bicycle and I knew he wasn't 100% comfortable riding that bike. He knew it himself. But Evan, the look in his eye at the starting gate, when wherever we were starting off at the park and we were going to ride to the school, the look in his eye was like a laser focus. And I knew <laughs> in his mind he was imagining himself making it on this bicycle, not falling, but making it mm -hmm. to his school. And so, I mean, he had that laser-like focus, and I never once said, oh, you can't do it, you're gonna fall, you know? And so I encouraged him, and he did it. He rode his bike, and so, but just the power of imagination. You know, you remember being a kid, you know, you watched the movie Superman. Next thing you did, you went to the, the linen closet, you grabbed a towel or anything, and you tied that thing around your neck, and you went from the couch to the love seat, and you were flying, you know? And so I try to tell people to reach back and tap back into that because, you know, if, if, if you can imagine it and see yourself actually gaining progress, see yourself uh, doing something positive, see yourself getting closer to the dream, the goal, uh, because as the mind goes, so goes the rest of the body. 
You know, right. tell people your mind is a big control tower. If things are going good up here, the rest of your body is doing good. But let something get off in your mind, then it's going to affect the rest of your body. And I believe so it is when you're on your journey or on the path uh, to follow a dream or go after a passion, your imagination is going to be the thing that fuels you and keep you going. And, and it's not – some people think, oh, you're just – you're just wishful thinking. No, no, there's power in imagination because I believe you're feeding your brain a positive uh, thought. You're feeding your brain a positive result. And so it's going to make you feel good. It's going to encourage you. It's going to empower you. And once again, you know, I think the most powerful thing about our imagination is we never imagine ourselves failing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a study that happened years ago of a, a coach. He did something with his basketball team. I forgot the, the team it was, but he split his basketball team down the middle. And he said, for practice for one week, guys, uh, half of you are going to practice free throws. And he said, the other half of you are going to stay in the locker room and imagine yourselves shooting free throws. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the week, he brought both of those uh, teams together. And they had a free throw contest. Now, who do you think won the contest? Naturally, you would think that the, the squad that's been out there practicing on the court shooting free throws, you would think they would have won it. But actually, the team that stayed inside the locker room and imagined themselves shooting free throws, they actually won the competition. A big part of that is because, you know, the guys out there actually doing the physical free throw shots, they probably made some and they missed some. Yeah. But the guys that were in the locker room, just with the power of your imagination, and they imagined themselves shooting free throws, I guarantee you they never imagined themselves missing a free throw. Everyone wow. in their mind that they shot, they made it. And that's the power of ma- imagination. And I believe, you know, imagination coupled with realization, because we got to stay in some type of reality as mm-hmm. well. And so, you know, you got to find that reality lane when people are, you know, and that's kind of trying to figure out what is your purpose? What is your passion? What do you, uh, you want to do with your life? What, do, what are you naturally drawn to? And when you begin to find that path, uh, then you begin to imagine yourself excelling in that certain arena and in that certain path. Like with me, once again, it's like I have to practice that just about every single day, you know, because life is up and down. You know, when I'm speaking or when I'm uh, doing some writing or whatever that is, I've got a goal for my life, whatever that is, I'm still imagining myself succeeding every single day. And, you know, never expecting something bad to happen or something negative to happen, although those things do happen, okay? Right. So, so that's part of the realization, you know. I do understand that every door I knock on is not going to open, Okay. <laughs> Yeah. But it doesn't stop me from imagining that one day the right door is going to open. To coin a phrase from your book, uh, I believe that imagination plus, plus realization is is your next thing, right? Your next thing is that visualization and focusing on the next steps of, of your life. So to kind of, I think we need to kind of back into this a little bit to, to, to kind of set it up. But one of the big things that you talk about in your book next is, is finding those people who feel stuck in life, right? They're yeah. in a certain yeah. point and they need to get out of there and they don't know how to do it, whether they're hitting a, a ceiling every time or they just feel like they've gotten to a certain point and they just can't achieve that next level and, and they feel stuck. And so I believe if I'm understanding correctly that that nexting part is the mental 
exercise that you do to visualize and focus on those next steps so that when you are in those situations that will propel you to that next level, you've already rehearsed it in your mind. You've already seen all the the things, all, all the different options you've seen and you've explored. So there's no surprises to you. So at that point, you do what you were trained to do. Yeah, because you know, you because you've seen it, you've you've done it over and over in your mind. And and that's the thing about nexting. You know, when I was writing, I was like, what is nexting? Well, nexting is just kind of seeing yourself in your mind, uh, walking out the plan that you you've laid down on paper, and you've got to begin to see yourself taking those steps. And I say once again, it's uh, whether that's you know having a time of meditation, having a time of focus where you can actually see yourself accomplishing those goals. And and to me, I think it just once again, it just it re-energizes, it refuels you, uh, mm-hmm. it gives you hope for a brighter tomorrow. Because a lot of people, once again, it's like when they reach that place and and they've hit that ceiling, you know, because a lot of times too, you know, people can be just cruising right along and and all of a sudden out of nowhere they they bump into that ceiling and it's like, whoa, okay. That's that's an unfamiliar feeling, but then that feeling doesn't go away and it starts to eat at you like there's something more that you're supposed to be doing with your life or it could be something more that you're supposed to be doing uh, with your business. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe you're supposed to be reaching more people, whatever that is, that feeling is going to kind of pull at you. And so you've got to get on that train of exploring that. And the only way you can really explore it is to begin to, to allow yourself in your mind to go there. You know, mm-hmm. what would that look like if I took a step of faith? What would that look like if if I reached beyond where I am right now? What would that look like if if I had to let go of what is so that I could reach towards uh, what can be? And so and that's trying to gain that that momentum. You know, I think so many people when they reach that place of, of just being stuck, you know, maybe they had a, a thought, man, you know, I think there's something more. Uh, but I've tried it and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that sucks the wind out of them right there uh, because they fail to keep visualizing themselves getting out of that place called stuck. Once again, you know, my message to people is, you know, your, your imagination is a powerful tool uh, that can help you uh, articulate and lay out a plan of how to get you from point A to point B to get you unstuck, to start moving again. And once again, I'm a firm believer that whatever happens in your mind will happen in time. Absolutely. Well, let's 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 get real for a minute. Let's let's kind of break this down because I believe that this is something that you're very passionate about because this is probably something that uh, you dealt with at some point in your life. So, when was that time that you were stuck? What was that? What was that? That ceiling that you kept hitting? What was that? That thing that you realized that you couldn't get past and kind of propelled you to say, "I need to do something." different about this and what kind of visualizations what kind of visualizations were you doing on your end to help propel you past that yeah you know i remember it was, it was probably probably over 10 years ago man you know i was i was in transition um with my uh place of employment uh in texas and so i just really felt like you know this is this is my time this is uh uh, for me to take that step of faith. And I just, I hit some, some moments to where I just felt like there was something more that I was supposed to be doing. And so, you know, I took the step of faith, man. And, uh, you know, I had to let go of what was so that I could reach for what could be. 
And those are those are real life moments right there because at the end of the day, you know, uh, if you're going to accomplish anything, you have to believe in risk reward. You know, mm -hmm. take the risk uh, and get the reward. And so, you know, I took a step of faith, took the risk, man, and, and kind of stepped out on my own. And uh, I did some traveling, some speaking, but then all of a sudden, everything just kind of kind of came to a standstill. And, and so there I was, man, you know, no, no stream of income coming in and feeling like, whoa, okay, did I miss God? Did I, did I make the wrong, <laughs> did I make the wrong decision? And, and those are, those are wonderful growing moments for us. If we don't look at them like, okay, I'm a failure. I failed, you know, and, and because, because you'll stay stuck if you look at every moment, like you failed. And so, but there I was, uh, things were not working out the way I had envisioned them to work out, you know? Right. Uh, and so I ended up getting a, a job, a part-time job stocking groceries overnight at a local grocery store, the graveyard mm. shift. <laughs> and so that, dude, that is, you know, barely making enough money to, to just get by. And I remember that one of the lowest moments that I hit was – there was one day I didn't have enough food to eat, man. And I remember scrounging up enough money to go down to the uh, the Chinese buffet. Everybody loves Chinese buffets, man. You yeah. just, and so I remember going to the, uh, scrounged up enough money, went to the buffet. And I remember sitting there, Evan, for about two hours. I'd make a trip to the buffet, fill up my plate, come back, and I would stuff half the food in my pockets. Wow. Eat the rest, and then I would repeat that. Over and over. And I remember at, at the end of it, when I left the restaurant, I got back to my little one bedroom apartment and I walked into the kitchen and I started unloading my pockets. Man, I just broke down. And, and because for a moment, I almost bought into the lie that this is how the rest of your, your life is going to be. Wow. And I began to break down, just a crying moment. And then from that moment on, dude, I don't know what happened, but something just came over me and I just had to tell myself, no. Uh, there's more to my life than what I see right now. And I had to quit looking at the the current situation I was in. I had to quit looking at the fact that there I was in a one-bedroom apartment, barely making enough money, and I had to begin to visualize myself taking some next steps, connecting with some right people, uh, and I had to go back and grab that dream that I once had because I believe your dream will always be tested. Mm-hmm. And so it, it wasn't that, you know, I was never going to uh, be a speaker or be an author or be somebody who traveled around and encouraged people. But it's like I believe all that was being tested. And so I had to go back and start revisualizing those things all over again in that one bedroom apartment. Man, I had to put some sticky notes up in my mirror. I had to, to talk to myself every single day to say, hey, listen. This is your day. You're going to be in to take some next steps. You're going to connect with some people. You're going to make some phone calls. You're going to, going to have a better attitude when you go back into work. You're going to, you're going to look beyond uh, stocking groceries at a, at a grocery store. That, that could be, that, that's your temporary thing, but you're going to have a good attitude about it uh, because you know where you're headed. And so that was just a turning point, I think, in my life, in my my career, just as my growth process, because that was a very, very humbling thing. But in the midst of that, when I felt like all hope was gone, uh, that's when I had to really start visualizing all the more uh, that this thing is going to turn around. Mm -hmm. 
Well, one of the things that you said uh, when you were kind of uh, explaining that that journey, and thank you for being so transparent and, and being willing to share that, because I think that really helps the audience yeah. to realize that when you're looking at the theories or the principles or the, the the bullet points that you have about these different things, when it becomes real, I think that's when people really can can really tune into it and yeah. say, okay, because, you know, I've been in the same situation. It, it, I was in a situation where I thought that, you know, that was my last day at work, that that we wouldn't be able to make payroll and we'd, we'd go on to the next thing. And it's like, all right, we I got to figure out what we do next. Yeah. <laughs> and for that for that moment, you're just like you, you feel all of the weight and you you just don't know where to start. And then there's just that that trigger inside of you that says, you know what? I'm not going to subscribe to this thought process. And one of the things you talked about earlier was like how we don't imagine failing. I think we do imagine failing. It's called worry. And I think worry is basically yeah. your imagination in reverse. And so Absolutely. As, as, a, as, as powerful as your imagination is to create worlds and to create um, success and to create you know things that never existed, yeah. When used in reverse, it can be so powerful yeah. that it can break a person. Yeah. And I think that if you're mindful of that, that you can't let that stuff, especially worry, you can't let that dwell inside of your mind because if you do, it will compound and compound and compound. And that's where the real danger is. But one of the things that you, you, you talked about uh, as you were sharing your story was talking about connecting with people. And I don't know if you're like me or at least like me when I was younger, but one of my things that I really didn't ever want to do was to connect, to truly connect, to truly have a relationship with a person with transparency and to really let somebody know when I was struggling. Yeah. When when you had that situation, I mean, you're, you're you got you've already unloaded one one bag of, of yeah. <laughs> General Sow's chicken into the exactly. refrigerator, right? You're and, and you're just sitting there going, "This this is not good. This is uh, this is not what my life is." Um, at some point, you had to decide, "I need help. I need yeah. to connect with people, and I need those people to a believe in me, encourage me, but also if I if I share with them what I'm going through." I think most people's initial response is to want to help, yeah. especially if you have that relationship with them. But I think as men, I'm, so I'm, I'm speaking as men here and tell oh, me if yeah. I'm talk, talking out of turn here. As men, it, I think our default is to not show weakness, to yeah. not be able to admit failure, potential failure, perceived failure, uh, to not show that weakness side because we're supposed to have it all together. And when we realize that we don't, I think there's that battle that goes on that says, I don't want to tell anybody where I, I'm too prideful to tell where I, to tell somebody where I am because I don't want them to think that I failed or I don't want to admit the failure. And I think what you're saying is, is kind of the opposite of that, that mindset of the quickest way out, yeah. the most successful way out of that is to connect with people. Yeah. And that is so true. You know, we, uh, you know, you, you've hit on it. It's as men, we have a hard time opening up mm -hmm. uh, because it's, it's, you know, being vulnerable, showing weakness. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I got over all that when I got married. You know, it's <laughs> like, <I'm over. laughs> 
So that's the solution, huh? That's the solution. I got over the pride, dude, very quickly, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and the thing I believe is that, you know, everybody has a story. Here's the mm -hmm. deal. And, you know, some people are ashamed of their story. Some people try to hide it. Some people regret it. And some people tell it because it changes the lives of others. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way I had to begin to look at my story is that it's nothing to be ashamed of. But, you know, chances are some other people have, have gone through or they're going through what I mm -hmm. went through. And so it's nothing more refreshing to me that when I'm going through something and I'm talking to somebody else and they're going through it, too, or they, they went through it. It's like, wow, OK, there's hope. You mm -hmm. know, there's there's you know, I'm not the only one on this island that's going through this. And, you know, it's just it's the power of your story. I believe when you swallow the pride and you begin to reach out and you make those those you know those right connections or just people that are supposed to be in your world that you can learn from because here's the deal you know I tell people all the time if you ever get the opportunity to get around a very successful person or it could be somebody you admire mm -hmm. and you know let's say you're at a business meeting and you know this this is like rockefeller up here whatever and you you ever get like five minutes with a very very successful person that you admire yeah uh, i said i tell people don't ask them about their current success ask them about their pre-success story yeah because that's the story that they love sharing and that's the story that you're going to connect with that's the story that's going to empower you uh, when you hit some low moments in life, when you hit some some moments where you have some crash and burns and you need to get back up, it's nothing more refreshing, you know, when you see these videos on social media of some of these superstars and 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 things, the rejections that they went through mm -hmm. uh, before, you know, they got the first movie deal. And so that just really empowers you to know that, okay, other, so I had a crash and burn moment, but that's part of the journey. And that's part of the process. And so even in my mind, what I, what I do, Evan, when I'm, when I'm visualizing uh, taking on a new endeavor or doing something uh, that's going to get me closer to the dream or the goal, I always factor in, and some people think I'm crazy for this, but I always factor in slam doors. I always factor in rejection uh, because I know that's part of the process. So if I'm aware that it's going to happen, then it doesn't blow me out of the water when it happens. I'm not devastated so, by it. Yeah. So you're, you're big on practical action, right? So we're, yeah. so if we kind of rewind a little bit, you, you're in this situation of, of life, this phase of life that you've, you feel stuck. And so from that, that point, you start changing your mindset, you start nexting into that, that, that place that you want to be. Um, but you are basically going to say, okay, the worst that could happen is this yeah. they'll slam the door in my face and well last i checked my face will still be attached yeah. and uh, there's a lot more doors out there so i just need to go to the next door when you break it down like that what you perceive to be fear in your mind doesn't feel that big anymore does it it, it, it doesn't seem as afraid you know when so i'm I, I do a lot of sales so one of the things that i always deal with with new salespeople is the the telephone handset. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> when you first be, get into sales, 
that thing weighs like 400 pounds. It's the <laughs> hardest thing in the world to pick up, right? Yeah. It's like, as soon as I pick this up, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to get embarrassed. I don't want somebody exactly. to, you know, tell me that I'm a horrible salesperson. I don't want to have the, I don't want to say the wrong thing and screw up, right? Yeah. But as you build that confidence and you factor in that, yeah, it's going to take 15 phone calls before yeah. I get a yes. Yeah. Then once you've factored that in, you're actually excited when you get a no, because yeah. when they say no, you're like, okay, great. Yeah. You're on track. I only got 14 more calls. I'm pretty sure that that's, there, there's some sort of sales guy that has claimed that. So I'll, I'll give him imaginary credit because I can't think of who it is, <laughs> but I, I think that ties in perfectly to what you're talking about in, in terms of factoring that rejection yeah. because it's, it, we're human, right? Yeah. Rejection is part of it and that's okay. And like you said, there's hope in knowing that you're not alone. Yeah. You know, I used to have a friend, this is a funny story. I had a true story. I had a friend who used to work at, those uh, are the best kind. Yeah. <laughs> he used to work at a kiosk in a mall. You've been to the mall and see the guys working in the middle of the mall of those little kiosks. Uh -huh. And, and, you know, when I pass by the people, you know, you're thinking, man, I don't want this guy to step up and say anything to me. And so he used to work there, man, to pay his way through school. And, wow. you know, I remember one day having a conversation with him. I'm like, dude, you know, how can you put yourself through that that brutal rejection? I said, people are, you know, you're having to try to, you know, step in front of people's paths while they're walking and you're trying to get them to come over. And, and half of them don't even acknowledge that you're alive or standing there. <laughs> Yeah, that's me. Yeah. And, and so he said, he said, it's all in my mindset. Uh -huh. He said, I had to develop the right mindset to get up and come do this job, you know? And he was like, and I couldn't take it personal. He said, uh, I had to factor in the fact that, you know, if, if I talked to 50 people or at least reached out to 50 people, he said, it was a good day for me to expect at least three of those people to really have a conversation with me and see the product. And he said, if I could expect maybe one of those to purchase the product, he said, that was a good day for me. So he kind of shot okay. in at the low end. And so <laughs> I didn't want to set myself up for a false expectation that I was yeah. going to make 20 sales in one day. And so it was all, in, he said, it was all in just managing my mindset and my expectations. But he said, the number one thing, I could not take it personal. Because if I took it personal, he said, mm -hmm. if it affected me, then the next sales pitch it was going to be a 50% of a sales pitch. I wasn't mm -hmm. going to be on my A game. And so that's the power of you understanding that, okay, you know, I made one phone call. They shot me down. I expected that. So yeah. the next phone call, I'm still on my A game. You know, I'm still refreshed. I'm energized. And you've got to make sure you're doing that every single day. And so that's what he was doing, man. And so today, you know, he finished school that's years ago, uh, but he's running his own business now. But, you know, I think about it. What if, what if he got defeated uh, because of all the rejection at that little mall kiosk, you know? And so those are just some good life lessons. When you talk about mindset, one of the things that I was, I was thinking about was, you know, if, if you're in that mindset, you know that it's going to be that way. Why not have fun with it? Why not enjoy what you're doing? And I think that when you when you have laughter, when you have uh, a personality that you don't take yourself too seriously, yeah. I think that's attractive to people. And I think that he would probably echo that he had more success when he didn't take himself too seriously and he yeah. had fun with it. 
And yeah. I'm sure he had all sorts of fun and witty things to say to people when they told him no. Exactly. And it's, it, it, it's more fun that way, right? So you're like, hey, the guy's you know, walking by and says you know, he's too busy and be like, you know what? You got it all together. You probably don't need my product anyway. Or, hey, buddy, keep walking. I'm going to see you next week and you're going to be single still. You know, yeah. just, <laughs> Whatever it is, right? And, and you just got to come up with those things and enjoy the process. And that, I think that's part of having that right mindset. Yeah, and, and I think that's part of keeping a healthy mental uh, capacity as well, because once again, when you start internalizing everything and taking it, taking it upon yourself, like okay, it's my fault. This is man. That just I think that digs the hole deeper yeah. uh, into that place called stuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing we've kind of uh, we've kind of danced around a little bit, but I do want to bring it up specifically because I, I heard you talking about it. In, in a different interview and I, and I want to kind of dig into it a little bit and it's the concept of Settleville and it's it's a place that you kind of coined in your book where you know that you're in Settleville um, mm -hmm. because you've kind of gotten to this point where you've just kind of accepted yeah. your circumstances and so we've talked a little bit about hitting ceilings and we've talked a little bit about you know getting that right mindset but what do you say to the people that are realize that they're in a certain point and have kind of just given up yeah. I think with that, I think the first thing I would tell them is, hey, you know, don't buy into the lie. Because when we hit that place that I call Settleville, that's where, you know, deep inside, Evan, we know there's still something more that we're supposed to be doing. But somewhere down the road, man, we begin to talk ourselves out of it, uh, whether it's we had that one crash and burn moment and we were too afraid to get up and try it again, or we let other people around us uh, and their opinions talk us into settling to where we are. And another big thing that I've, I've come across, you know, especially in the church arena, you know, people start thinking that, you know, I just need to be thankful that, that God's blessed me with what I do have right now. And I need to just, you know, be content. And they settle down into a life that is less than what they're capable of, of living. And they bought into the lie. And so there they are. And the only problem, you know, if you're in Settleville, I tell people, you know, you're in Settleville because every day you got to wake up with yourself. And it's all <laughs> it's always that gnawing feeling of I wish I would have. Yeah. <laughs> or I should have. Uh, yeah. I could have. And it's like that's going to eat at you. And the only way they medicate that is by saying, no, I'm thankful. This is you know, this is. This is my life. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the life I do have. But then they go to bed, it's that same gnawing feeling. And, and the only way you can begin to come up out of Settleville, you've got you've to face yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I tell people, you are your greatest motivator. You know, you're the first recipient of what comes out of your mouth. You're the first mm -hmm. person that hears it. And you've got to begin to get real with yourself and look yourself in the face in the mirror and, and call yourself out. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're better than this. There's more out there. What are you doing settling for a life that's less than, you know, yes, you can be thankful for what you have, but if there's still that gnawing feeling on the inside that you're supposed to be doing more, uh, think of all the people that are connected to your more, mm -hmm. whatever that is, you know, and I think it's a very selfish thing when we sit there and say, no, I'm just, I'm going to stay here, mm -hmm. you know, because chances are, if it's a big dream, Evan, it's going to affect a lot of people. Yeah, I love what you guys are doing there with the young businessmen. I've also, you know, I've seen some of your videos. You guys are out there making a difference in your community, 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, helping single mothers and organizations that had some misfortune. You know, what would happen if you guys would be like, you know what? No, we, we love our little tight knit group right here. And God's blessed us with this. And we're just we're not going to do anything more outside of this. You know, think about all the people that would miss out on your assistance, your help, your inspiration, your encouragement. And I, I try to get the individual to understand that your life can affect so many people. If you feel like there's something more for you, then my firm belief is that it's going to help a lot of people. And mm-hmm. if you if you talk yourself into staying in Settleville, there's going to be a lot of people that are not helped because you chose to stay in Settleville. And you kind of just sit there and, and live the life of, you know, now it's it's still imagining, but it's to me it's like a false imagination because yeah. you've just you've created this world that, you know, you know, you know, I could have done that. You know, you never I come across so many people, Evan, that say, you know what, I got this book on the inside of me, and I'll give them a plan. Hey, this is what you need to do and to get that book out of you. Yeah. Next year, guess what? That's the same person. Man, I, got, I got that book on the inside. Well, last I check, it's hard to read it on the inside of you. Exactly. It's like you got to begin to take some steps, man. And, and, you know, I think the biggest thing, though, that keeps people stuck in Settleville is they didn't have that endurance to push through the rejections, the temporary failures, the ups and downs, and the setbacks. And those things, Evan, they're on everybody's journey and everybody's path. And until you get that mental fortitude and that understanding that, hey, it's going to be okay. This is supposed to happen. This is just testing the dream to see if I'm, if I'm serious about doing this, you know. And, you know, and I think that's why a lot of people just stay stuck in Settleville. They just they give up. They don't want to try. They don't want to get hurt anymore. Uh, they don't want to look foolish, you know, and it's like, you know, you got to forget about what people are, are thinking about you or, you know, I learned a long time ago, people are going to say and think about you, whatever they want to. Yeah, <laughs> so you, absolutely. And so you just, you, you got to move beyond all that. <laughs> well, I don't listeners. I don't know if you picked this up, but essentially Adonis said that if you're stuck in settler, uh, Settleville, um, the entire world, uh, is waiting to be changed because you're being selfish in yeah. Settleville. So just a little bit of responsibility for you on the podcast. <laughs> didn't didn't want to get too heavy on you, but uh, you need to figure out a way to get out of Settleville because there, there's a lot more potential that hasn't been unlocked in you. Yeah. And the impact that you have on the world is is waiting to be released. And because of that, as a community, uh, as a country, and as a people, we're missing out because of that. So no, no pressure. W- yeah. One of the things that <laughs> one of the, one of the things that you you said uh, uh, in talking about being in Settleville, you you said my favorite word, which is endurance. Having the endurance to get past those failures in order to to uh, overcome that ceiling or overcome that stage in your life. And so I love the word endurance because in ter- endurance before to me was something that you had. It's a, uh, it's, it's a thing that somebody has acquired or has intrinsically built up uh, so that they can do something. Yeah. And I had to stop looking at endurance that way. I had to start looking at endurance as the byproduct of getting outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. And the, the thing that makes you uncomfortable is the thing that fuels endurance. Yeah. 
in order to propel yourself to get to that next level, you actually need that uncomfortability to be able to overcome the actual obstacle in front of you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so the more you dig into the importance of building endurance and bigger than that, the importance of getting outside of your comfort zone, you will never have the endurance to do anything long distance, anything yeah. mentally challenging or anything else if you're not daily challenging yourself or daily pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. So I love how you you, you kind of tied into my favorite word because really when it comes down to it, to power through and get past Settleville, yeah. you have to find a way to get outside of that comfort zone and build that endurance. Yeah, and that's the deal. You know, nothing great happens within our comfort zone. You and I both know that. It's when we get outside of that, that's when the the untapped potential is what I call it. You mm -hmm. know, you you got to you've got to you've got to place yourself in an environment that brings out that potential. And a lot of people don't even know they have that that untapped potential until they get in that uncomfortable situation and they're forced to be creative. Yep. They're forced to come up with a way. You know, I was reading uh, the other day about the uh, uh, the founders of, uh, I think it was Home Depot. Mm -hmm. uh, it was two men that both lost their job. They were working for Handy Dan. I don't know if you remember that store. <laughs> <laughs> Handy I like Dan. the name. Yeah. Handy Dan was, uh, it was like a, uh, a low-scale Home Depot or something like that, but it was called Handy Dan. You can go there and just get a little fix-it-up stuff. And they were working there years ago. They both lost their job the same day. And they band together, and they created Home Depot, okay? <laughs> and so, but, you know, you think, about, you think about that. When we get uncomfortable, whether it's we lose our job or we, we go beyond our comfort zone, whatever that is, we put ourselves in that environment where we are – forced to be creative. We're forced mm -hmm. to dig down and to tap down deep uh, into that, that untapped potential that we didn't even know we had. And we begin to paint a bigger picture, a brighter picture. And it, it, man, it just, it allows you to create something that never existed before, whatever that is. And so, uh, but I agree with you, it's, it's doing that on a daily basis, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, with me always liking it to when I'm working out the other day, I was on the treadmill. I said, you know what? I'm going I'm to push myself an extra mile. I'm going to go a little further than I've gone before. And it's funny because I'm comfortable with like the three mile, you know, because yeah. I do that in my sleep, but it's like, okay, the moment I said, okay, I'm going to push myself another mile. I'm going to go four miles. Yeah. And so it Your was body a body revolts. It's just yeah. like, no, <laughs> it's a mental battle from then on, dude. <laughs> So yeah, it is a mental battle that you've got to constantly encourage yourself to keep going. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, if you can put yourself in situations like that, uh, you build up a habit of enduring. And so it comes easier for you the more you do it. And so whatever that is, you know, you just I think for everybody, it's different. But, you know, push yourself. And if you push yourself, nobody else will have to push you. 
Fantastic. Well, Adonis, I appreciate you taking the time to, to share your story, to share uh, some of the experiences that you've had uh, in your life and that have kind of fueled you to push yourself and, uh, and write, write these books. So if you don't mind, uh, quickly tell our audience, how do, you, how do we find your book on relationship and how do we find your book next uh, so that they, uh, the listeners can connect with you and uh, kind of learn a little bit more and dig a little bit deeper into all, all the different topics we talked about today? Yeah, absolutely. You can go to my website, adonislindsay.com. That's A-D-O-N-I-S-L-E-N-Z-Y.com. All the information about me, what I do, my products are on there, just some of the books. Uh, some A lot of free stuff is on that website as well. I just try to have some resources for people to go to that next level. That's on there. Uh, for my book, you can also go to getyournextbook.com, and it has all the different information on my book there as well. So been a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Well, one of the things I like to do with my guests is I always like to give them the last word. I want to give you the opportunity to kind of speak to the audience directly. The, the audience that we have is that, you know, 24 to 40 year old who's, uh, you know, graduated college, starting a family and kind of finding themselves in that leadership role, not just in, in business, but in life and in family and in their spiritual walk and everything else. So what would you say to the listeners today to encourage them as they kind of go on their journey, maybe they're in Settleville. Maybe they're uh, they're they're looking around and realizing that they're stuck and they need a they need that extra boost. So, what's your message to our audience as we close? The message is, you know, if if there's something that's deep inside of you that you know you should be doing, or maybe you feel called to, or maybe you have been dreaming about this thing, it's it's to start now. You mm -hmm. know, uh, start now in taking those few steps, those next steps, whatever that is, uh, because you don't want to be five years down the road thinking, I wish I would have started five years ago, you know? And so just start, take the risk. Depending on your stage of life, if you're in your early 20s and you're single, uh, man, take those risks, you know? Uh, if you're married with children, you know, that's something you want to think as a family. Always, I always share things with my wife whenever I'm getting ready to, to do something. And that's you know, it may be a challenge, but, you know, I'm open and honest and, and I'm, babe, this is what I feel like, you know, I'm supposed to be doing. And so, but you just want to do whatever you can do to keep some traction and keep momentum going. Because I believe with all my heart if that if it's in you and you're thinking about it and you're constantly dreaming about it, and that's a good indication that that's probably a direction that you need to go into or something you need to be doing, whether it's in your life or whether it's in your family or in your business. And so you've just got to start because we can think about it all day long. We can think about it all week long. We can think about it all month long. But until we start, we're not going to make any progress. So my encouragement to everybody is just to go ahead and start. Whatever it is, start and get a plan and start moving forward in life. A journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. One Adonis, step. thank you. And listeners, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers.
Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.